Live from Pancho Barnes Cantina in Murrah, California, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 195. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Scott. This is Mark. I'm your host, Don. Today we'll be discussing Chuck Yeager breaking the sound barrier, a huge postage stamp theft, and a stamp award that most of you have probably never heard of. On October 14, 1947, U.S. Air Force Captain Chuck Yeager flies faster than the speed of sound, breaking the sound barrier in an X-1 rocket plane. Chuck Yeager, who was born February 13, 1923 in Myra, West Virginia, spent most of his youth in the town of Hamlin. Shortly after graduating from high school, Yeager in 1941 joined the Army Air Corps. He proved to be an outstanding pilot in training and was assigned to the 8th Air Force for combat in Europe during World War II. He flew 64 missions over Europe and shot down 13 German planes, including five in a single day. That's an impressive feat. Yep. It sure is. Mm-hmm. Does that make him an ace? Yes, I believe it does. Oh, it well, 13 planes makes you a double ace. Yes. Yeah, I thought five planes was an ace, let yes. alone five in one day. Exactly. Yeah. In March 1944, his P-51 Mustang was shot down over France. Yeager managed to elude capture with the assistance of the French underground and escaped to Spain. He could have returned home to the United States, but instead requested to be returned to combat. His request, which traveled all the way to Dwight Eisenhower, was granted, and he returned to action in August of 1944. Yeager returned stateside in early 1945 with the rank of captain, and after attending the Flight Performance School, was one of several volunteers that was chosen to test fly the experimental X-1 rocket plane, which was built by the Bell Aircraft Company, with the hopes of achieving supersonic speeds. Many aviators for years believed that man was not meant to fly faster than sound. The theory was that transonic drag rise would tear any aircraft to pieces. And it did. A lot of people lost their lives before uh, the X-1. Yeah, but that's an interesting concept. Transonic drag rise. Yep. Well, he, he actually had this theory of what to do as it was coming on. And obviously his theory was correct because, you know, he survived it. But he found out from what was going on where everybody was breaking up. And several people, I mean, literally, they died. Um, And it was interesting because, and you see this in the movie The Right Stuff, there was a guy who was going to fly the X-1 and break the sound barrier, and he wanted too much money. And the Navy said, well, you know, we got this guy over here that'll do it for, you know, 29 bucks a week. And so uh, he goes, well, I'm not doing that. You know, this is dangerous. And Chuck Yeager said, oh, me, give me my 29 bucks. Jumped in, broke the sound barrier. 
That all changed over Rogers Dry Lake in Southern California on October 14, 1947, when Jaeger, flying the X-1 nicknamed Glamorous Glennis after his wife, was carried to an altitude of 25,000 feet in the bomb bay of a B-29 and released. The X-1 rocketed to 40,000 feet and exceeded a speed of 662 miles per hour, which is the speed of sound at that altitude. Yes, except that it wasn't over Rogers Dry Lake Bed. It was over Murak Dry Lake Bed. They named it Rogers Dry Lake Bed long afterwards. Yeah, by the way, Edwards Air Force Base has a really, really cool history about this Murak. It was settled by these farmers, and they were named the Corums. And then they were building a railroad through, and they go, well, let's name the railroad station. Well, they didn't want it named Corum, so they just reversed the name. And instead of Corum Railroad Station, it was Murak Railroad Station. So that's how uh, Murak and Corum and Rogers Dry Lake Bed all got their names eventually. Unfortunately, due to the secrecy of the project, it was not until June 1948 that Jaeger's achievement became public. After that, Jaeger was awarded the Mackey Trophy, which is awarded for the most meritorious flight of the year, and the Collier Trophy for the greatest achievement in aeronautics or astronautics in America. With respect to improving the performance, efficiency, and safety of air or space vehicles, the value of which thoroughly demonstrated by actual use during the preceding year. That is a heck of a trophy title. Yeah. No kidding. The Collier Trophy was awarded to Jaeger at the White House by President Harry Truman. Jaeger, however, was not finished. As in 1953, he was the first American to fly a Russian MiG that had been captured via a North Korean defector. Then in December of the same year, he was again at the helm of the X-1A, which he set a new speed record, achieving Mach 2 at a speed of 1,650 miles per hour. For this, he was again at the White House and was awarded the Harmon Trophy for the world's outstanding aviator by President Eisenhower. After spending time as the commander of the 417th Fighter Bomber Squadron in Europe and heading up the first Fighter Day Squadron at George Air Force Base in the United States, Jaeger in 1962 was chosen to be in charge of Air Force Aerospace Research Pilot School to train future astronauts. He continued through many other commands, reaching the rank of Brigadier General until his retirement in 1975. For those of you who don't know, that's a one-star general. And in case you haven't got the point of the story, uh, Chuck Yeager's pretty much an all-around badass. <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> He was prominently featured in Tom Wolfe's 1979 The Right Stuff and later appeared in the movie in 1983. In 1985, he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I don't think he was prominently featured. His uh, part was... In the book. Oh, in the book. Okay. In the movie, he was the bartender at the Poncho Barnes Cantina. And uh, that's why we're... Recording from the Park Pancho Barnes Cantina in Murak, California. In both 1997 for the 50th anniversary of the X-1 flight, and at the age of 89 in 2012 for the 65th anniversary, 
Jaeger took this guy's to repeat his feat of flying faster than the speed of sound. At 89. At 89, he's breaking the sound barrier, yeah. God bless him. Well, you know, there's nothing like putting stress on your body. Well, he's still running, right? He's well, 95, he and he's doing all sorts of stuff now. He goes to appearances and everything, and he is still on Twitter, and he's really, really surly. He'll he'll tell you what's on his mind. I guess if you're Chuck Yeager and you're 95 years old, you've kind of earned the right to tell people what's on your mind. I wouldn't call that surly. I'd say, the, you know, if anybody has bragging rights, that guy does. Oh, yeah. Well, he had some, uh, he did a, not so much a review, but uh, the movie First Man just came out. And everybody said, uh, he's not going to comment on it. And sure enough, he did. And his comment was just, that's not the Neil Armstrong I knew. Because him and Neil Armstrong worked a lot together. They did a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, there's this uh, one story where him and Neil Armstrong were piloting an experimental plane flying over Murak Dry Lake Bed. And uh, it had rained because dry lake beds aren't always dry. And they were flying over to go, you know, should we land here or should we, you know, divert and go someplace else? And uh, Chuck Yeager said, I wouldn't land there if I were you. And Neil Armstrong, who was an engineer and a, a legitimate genius, he goes, no, I think we can land there. I don't think there'll be a problem. And Yeager's going, yeah, well, okay, go ahead. And, of course, they landed and got stuck in the mud. And uh, after that, uh, Neil Armstrong always said, I'm going to listen to Chuck from now on. So, yeah, it, it was uh, – Chuck Yeager was a badass guy, and he knew everybody. In 1997, for the 50th anniversary of the flight – the United States issued Scott number 3173, which features a picture of the X-1 in flight and says, first supersonic flight, 1947. Carrying on the tradition of the X-planes, two stamps are issued for the X-15, Scott's number 4018 and 4019 as priority and express mail stamps. Yeah, Because you know if they fly that fast, they should be priority and express mail. There you well, go. Yeah. There well, yeah. Well, of course. It gets it there faster. <laughs> And obviously, if, if Chuck Yeager doesn't get a stamp very, very quickly after he passes, and I hope he lives a very long life, but uh, he's one that's going to be on a, a stamp almost immediately. I don't know the amount of time they take to design a stamp nowadays. Oh. It'll be at least a couple of years. <laughs> oh, I think they already have the stamp designed. <laughs> Maybe not. It'll, it'll just be a portrait of him and just say Chuck Yeager. Won't say anything else. Oh, that would be terrible. That would be terrible. Yeah. Have him like in a purple suit wearing pearls. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I hearken back to the old, uh, the old one. The uh, who was that lady? Height. Height. Dorothy Height. Dorothy Height. Yes. No, I should say Chuck Yeager, American badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. I like that. Well, he's done t so much stuff though, too. I mean, I could literally see a like block of four with him doing the four major things, you know, his Air Force career, his breaking the sound barrier twice, and then all his uh, other accomplishments. You could put that on four stamps. So if he got just one stamp, you know, my fear is that the U.S. Post Office will just have him like wearing a suit behind a desk feeding pigeons or something <laughs> like that, you know, something. You got to have one of those awesome astronaut portrait 
things, you know, where they sit there and they hold their helmet and yeah. things with the American flag and things. You know what we need? We need Canada to design our stamp for us. <laughs> that's what we need. We need Canada to design still, it. Uh, is the rule still five years? No. No, that's is, totally gone. Yeah, they changed so that. So it's one, because it was one year for a president, right? Uh, it used to be, I forget, I, I think it was two years for a president, 10 years for a normal person. No, right. it's uh, on the next birthday on his next birthday right something like mm-hmm. that yeah. yeah i thought it was one year and then the and then the first anniversary of the birth of his birthday well, I, I think they got rid of the rule that said he had to be dead but the postmaster general is kind of enforcing it yeah no you you don't have to be dead however they're not issuing if if, if something impressive happened and they wanted to put a stamp up they could but the important thing is now, you know, you don't have to wait until you're dead for 10 years. Yeah, it's, I thought it was reduced to something like five. Yeah. Well, I mean, marketing. Yeah. You know, you're, somebody dies today and you're going to wait 10 years to put out the stamp. It, for, just from a marketing standpoint, that's ridiculous. Well, yes, because every other country will have one out for them way before that. Way before that. Oh, well, when uh, Stephen Hawking's died, what it was... 48 hours he had a stamp that's capitalism wasn't he on the stamp before he died because a lot of these countries oh he very well could have a lot of these countries don't bother waiting yeah Mm -hmm. but this was one of the British Channel Islands who has a rule that you can't put out stamps until after they're dead oh yeah I mean Beyonce's been on a stamp well there's other stamps Um, I didn't find the catalog numbers or anything so I didn't include them but there are stamps that Chuck Yeager is on from other countries Oh, yeah. No surprise. Cr- so, from the so, crime blotter. So we're wondering if Again. This, <laughs> we're wondering if this is the largest internal postal theft ever. The officer, the inspector general, says Louisiana U.S. Postal Service manager stole... $630,000 worth of stamps and sold them on eBay. I'm sure he didn't mean it. It was uh, just an oops. It, what? That's like two stamps, right? He, he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> now we know why they're trying to up the price to first class mail again. Well, I mean, 630000 that has to be like a pallet of stamps. Uh, you just Isn't put a, it? I don't know. Maybe he just put a pad a day in his shirt and walked out with them. <laughs> I don't know. On October 11th, the U.S. Attorney Peter Strasser announced the arrest of Ryan Cortez, a manager of customer service operations at the North Kenner Post Office in New Orleans, Louisiana. Cortez, age 46, of Des Alamans, was arrested by special agents with the United States Postal Service Office of Inspector General for misappropriation of postal funds or property in violation of Title 18, United States Code, Section 1711. I think it's in violation of a whole bunch of stuff. Well, yeah, like anti-theft laws? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) actually, uh, they were talking at uh, SESCAL, and this is a law from way back, and this may be this law, but it is illegal to break into, like, a corner store if that store has a post office in it, we you talked know, about this yeah, we, a couple we weeks ago, last week. Oh, that, okay. Because we talked, we talked about the post office theft. 
Yeah. Oh, that, that was well. Anything. The post office break in. The article didn't actually say they confirmed anything was stolen at that point. Well, the thing is, though, if you break into a supermarket and it has a post office in it, and you break in and you steal a pack of cigarettes, it's a totally different law than breaking into a, po- a store that doesn't have a post office in it. Well, even if it doesn't have a post office, if it sells stamps, it's considered. Well, that that wasn't it. Because um, they were talking about if it's a post office or any portion of the facility is a post office. According to the criminal complaint filing, Officer of Inspector General agents were notified by both PayPal and eBay regarding large quantities of U.S. postage stamps being sold by Cortez. Bravo for them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. During the course of an investigation, it was revealed that Cortez had increased the Kenner Post Office's reserve stamp stock more than $600,000. Records subpoenaed from Cortez's bank revealed substantial deposits, including more than $58,000 during a one-month period this summer. Investigators also discovered that Cortez had been making regular withdrawals of thousands of dollars at Harris Casino in New Orleans. Harris records indicating that Cortez had lost over $667,000 since 2011 and over $220,000 just in 2017. This is against his salary of around $70,000. Yeah, those numbers are distorted because while they record how much he lost, it's offset by how much he won. He didn't lose 100% at the time and lose $667,000. True. But he was still significantly in the hole. True. On October 10th, Officer Inspector General Special Agents executed a federal search warrant for Cortez's residence and arrested Cortez at his job. The criminal complaint against Cortez also alleges that he embezzled thousands of dollars from the Desalamans Mennonite Church. Mennonites, is that? That's not the Amish, is it? Yes. It's, that a, is br- the Amish. it's, a, it's, it's a branch, branch of, of the Amish. It's, branch. it's one of the branches. So the Mennonite Amish Church had an ATM at it? No, no. embezzled. He embezzled it. Doesn't say he stole it from an ATM. Oh, okay. Most churches don't have ATMs from what I gather. Well, they must. Although not that might be a, an Amish, idea. Most Amish don't have ATMs. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Most Amish definitely don't. Oh, yeah, I mean, when they uh, subpoenaed the church's records, what did they just download QuickBooks for them? In total, no. po- <laughs> in total, post office records indicate that Cortez may have stolen approximately. in stamps to sell on eBay. According to postal authorities, this would constitute one of the largest internal thefts by a postal employee in the history of the U.S. Postal Service. If convicted, Cortez could face up to 10 years in prison, followed by three years of supervised release and a fine of $250,000 based on the charges. You notice that eBay and PayPal didn't... um didn't notify authorities until after he sold six hundred thousand dollars <laughs> worth of stamps. I wonder and they how collected much collected all their fees. Yeah, I wonder how much actually he sold them for. Well, he's only going to have to pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars back if he gets the maximum fine. 
Yeah, but that's an awful round number. I think that's more like a fine number. If it's mod, if it's like forever well, stamps and stuff, it did say fifty eight thousand dollars during a one month period. So he sold six hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of stamps for fifty eight thousand dollars. Well, maybe he. No, it says that goes back to the Harris thing went back to two thousand eleven. Yeah, it doesn't specify how long this was going on. Oh. I don't know that this was you know yesterday. Oh, so this could have been over a long period of time. Well, you yeah. don't get to be a manager in a postal store, uh, postal office overnight. They don't just hire you to be the manager. Generally, you have to work up to it. Well, yeah, but basically, probably what happened is something like they had a six hundred thousand inventory, and they go. Okay, we're going to audit. Okay, count how many stamps you have. You're supposed to have 650,000. And they go, well, we got 50,000. <laughs> and he goes, uh-oh. <laughs> I guess I'm going on vacation for a while. Now, also, PayPal sends out a 1099 form that says how much you sold on and collected using PayPal. So oh, yeah. did he pay taxes on all that revenue? No, oh, good point. He's got some problems. Well... On a better note, on October 15th, the Mississippi Statehood Stamp of 2017 won the Yehudi Menuhin Award after being voted the most popular music stamp of 2017. Yehudi Menuhin, you know who he was. The award, which is awarded each year, was the result of a poll taken by Motivgruppe Musik, the international philatelic music group. He talked right over my... Uh Reference there of the tube sock. No, I just ignored it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I was gonna, because I was gonna say, you know who that is, and I was gonna say weird one of your weird Al Yankovic's partners. Yeah, mm-hmm. that too, right? The stamp, which was issued for the 200th anniversary of Mississippi's statehood, was based on a 2009 photograph by Lou Bop, showing the hands of Jimmy Duck Holmes playing his guitar. The trophy will go to Greg Breeding, who was the designer of the stamp, which is Scott number 5,190. So it showed a person's hands. How did they, I mean, it must have been from a famous photograph or something, right? Well, from the photographer Lou Bob. Yeah. So Lou Bob took a picture of Jimmy the Duck. Yes. Yes. Okay. Not to be confused with Jimmy the Greek. Yeah. (laughs) The second place winner was from Hungary. The second place winner was from Hungary and celebrates the 450th anniversary of Claudio Monteverdi, an Italian composer who was one of the pioneers of opera. The stamp is Scott number 4416 for Hungary. Is that picture down here in the uh, yes. notes? All three of them are. Yeah. Oh, that's not a very nice picture. Yeah, uh, that's not a, not a handsome stamp. No. No. Uh, it's third. a yellow stamp with sort of a wood cut of... Uh, Clearly, like fourteenth or fifteenth century guy holding uh, a old mandolin. mandolin, or yeah, yeah, that's not a very attractive stamp at all. The next one, okay, okay. And Wait, the we're actu- we're actually bashing a stamp that's not U.S. Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> and the third place went to a French stamp featuring Edgar Degas painting L'Etoile. The star of a ballerina on stage. Now that one looks nice. That's a cool looking one. The stamp, which is Scott number 5199 for France, was issued as a souvenir sheet of one and is part of a multi-year series celebrating France's 
Fete du Timbre, annual stamp festival. Yeah. Motifgruppe Musik, which was founded in 1959, is affiliated with the American Topical Association and the German Philatelic Society and has been conducting the annual poll since 1980. The trophy is in memory of violinist and conductor Yehudi Menuhin, who was a patron of the Philatelic Music Circle from 1969 until his death in 1999. And I bet you'd never heard of that award before today. The Yehudi Menuhin Award. Menuhin. Menuhin Award. It's yeah, not the, see, it's you, not you the Minutia that. Award. You, you, did, you did that and I got me. Yehudi Menuhin. Are they related to Yehudi and the Blowfish? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so is that a no? Yeah, that's a no. Well, we've got a couple of new issues coming out. Okay, hold on. I'm going to drop out of the podcast. I refuse to participate in this. You are not allowed to talk about Christmas or Hanukkah until after Thanksgiving. I am going to be silent in protest of this. They've already well, got Christmas trees out in Costco. I, 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 and, and that I disagree with also. No Christmas before th- Thanksgiving. Well, you kind of have to have Christmas before Thanksgiving at least a little bit because it's like, no. otherwise you have like 30 days to do everything. Good. That's what it's supposed to be. Uh, you have you only have like two weeks to do all of Thanksgiving. Well, I'm sorry, this doesn't matter. You can't do this one because this is the Hanukkah stamp we're going to talk about. Oh, and ha- no, sh- zzz. Zzz. Hanukkah starts on December second. Yeah, they don't have much time, which is like a week. <sighs> so you can just Hanukkah away. That's you, right. There's no you, time to you respect got, the bird. You got to be silent about this topic last week. I was silent last week. I know, because you weren't here. That's why we cut. That's why we cut. See, the stamp gods knew Cash wasn't going to be here to boycott talking about Christmas and Kwanzaa stamps. Okay, I will give Hanukkah a pass, but only on the technicality. You what st- technicality? Well, you that should it st- starts December 2nd this yeah. year. I still think you... Okay, here's my new rule. Christmas after Thanksgiving, Hanukkah after Halloween. Is that fair? Depends on when Hanukkah falls. Hanukkah can fall all the way up into November. Uh huh. Well, that would still be fine with Halloween. <laughs> and, it, and it coincide with Christmas, as happened before. How do they ter- determine when Hanukkah is? A dartboard. It's according to the Hebrew calendar. Uh, I read the part, but I did not include it in this story. Kind of how, it's kind of how they do Easter, though, too, because that doesn't fall on the same day also. Yeah, but that's like a solstice or something like that because, you know, No, ra- solstices are basically on the same, on the same day. Uh, I, I think no, it's, uh, Easter's like the first Sunday after the first new moon uh, after the spring solstice or something like that. Or, yeah, yeah but that, like, ha- that has a scientific basis based on rabbits and chocolate Easter eggs. You are correct. Why do we I'm encourage not, him? I'm, that's why I'm not going any further. I'm just going to say he's right. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. <laughs> so. Yeah, we don't get enough Thanksgiving stamps. We only have one, I think. Right? Is there a Thanksgiving stamp coming out this year? Not no. This year. Last year they had the, the one. Well, you're limited on what are you going to do? 
turkey. No, they always show like the cornucopia. Alive or with dead. All the... Yeah, cornucopia, a turkey, either alive or dead. I mean, what, what else can you do? You can have a duck stamp competition that shows turkeys. A turkey stamp competition? A turkey stamp competition. Gobble, gobble. Good, but probably won't. <laughs> yeah, I'd say the chances of that happening are kind of slim. You're just going to come out with a, with a Thanksgiving stamp, half white, half red, mashed potatoes, cranberries. Done. And at least it's not turkeys. Or okay. cornucopias, because those things just okay get <laughs> constant. Get, get through this abomination <laughs> as quick as possible, so we can get to Harry Potter. <laughs> yes, dear. October sixteenth, the U.S. Postal Service issued a joint issue with Israel Post for the 2018 Hanukkah stamp. The ceremony took place at the nation's oldest synagogue, the 254-year-old Tuaro Synagogue in Newport, Rhode Island. The stamp depicts an image of the Hanukkah menorah, which was created through paper cutting, a Jewish art form that dates back to at least the Middle Ages. The Jewish holiday of Hanukkah celebrates the liberation and reconstruction of the temple in Jerusalem in the second century BC. Hanukkah is the Hebrew word for dedication. Tradition states that during the rededication of the temple, there was only enough sacramental oil to light the temple lights for one day. However, the, lamp burn, the lamps burned for eight days. This is reenacted during Hanukkah with the ritual lighting of the Hanukkah, a menorah with nine branches. Eight branches hold candles representing each one of the eight nights and days of Hanukkah. The ninth, the shamash, or servant, is used to light the other candles. In 2018, Hanukkah starts on December 2nd. The stamp is being issued as a forever stamp in panes of 20, blocks of 10, and a block of 4. Which seems odd for them. I think they're just tearing up the sheets to make. No, it's actually. I went to the website. It's actually listed as paint of twenty, blocks of ten, block of four. Yeah, you can buy them in blocks of ten and blocks of four, but I think it's just broken out of the paint of twenty. That's strange. It is, but because they don't do that with it's the hard, they don't do that with hardly anything else. Well, now on to Cash's favorite part. <laughs> also on October 16th, the Royal Mail is issuing a set of stamps featuring Harry Potter. And they rock. Yeah, really? awesome. Truly awesome. Oh, those guys are milking this thing. Yeah. The issue will feature a sheet of 10 stamps featuring favorite characters and items from the books and movies, as well as a miniature sheet featuring five of the Hogwarts professors. Including Snape. Well, yes, he is one of them. Yeah, but he's dead. The sheet of 10 features Harry Potter, Hermione Granger, Ron Weasley, Hagrid's motorcycle. Oh, the fantastic. Oh. The Hogwarts Express, the flying Ford Anglia, which is the Weasley's flying car, Ginny Weasley, the Triwizard Cup, Neville Longbottom, and the Night Bus. The miniature sheet will feature Professors Pomona Sprout, Horace Slughorn, Sybil Trelawney, Remus Lupin, and Severus Snape. And if you go down and look, we can talk about the really cool stamps. Oh, they are fantastic. Great artwork. And the one thing that Tom pointed out, which kind of I didn't get right at the beginning, was that, you know, they're forever stamps from Britain. So it says first, like one ST first. The one is shaped like a lightning bolt, like is on Harry Potter's forehead. Yeah, his scar. 
and it's just awesome. I'm like, it was such a neat little detail. Yeah. And I like the fact that each one not only... It's like the um, the Game of Thrones stamps and also the Star Wars stamps, where it's the main image, but then there's also a background mm-hmm. depiction of some part of a scene in there. You know, like I'm looking at the Ron Weasley stamp right now, and in the background is one of the horses from the chess game mm-hmm. from the first movie that they played. And on the right side is, uh, well, that's already just a ghostly figure, but it's better on the Hagrid stamp next to it. where you oh, have, On the Hagrid stamp, there's one of the Dementors. Well, there's three, three like four, of, four them. of them. Yeah, flying around. So it's the Dementors and then him on his cool motorcycle. And then the car has the tree that the car got stuck in. It's the Whomping Willow. Yeah. I've seen these movies once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that's I've seen what happens mo- when you I've have se- kids. I've seen these movies one or 500 times. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> that's what happens when you have kids. Don't blame my kids for that. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. Blame nope. your wife? Nope. I nope. love those movies. The Me funny too. thing is I had never read the books, and I was actually on a trip to Vegas with a bunch of friends, and they said, we want to go see the Harry Potter movie, and it was the first one, and I'm like, sure, we're in Vegas. Let's go catch a movie. And I'm all like, the way to Vegas I had just to see a movie. I had no idea that they were books. Never heard of them. And I'm like, this is so cool. Oh, well, I, I had a friend. This was a long time ago. I had a friend who uh, was reading the books. And the one of the books was released in England two weeks before it was released in the United States. So we bought it on eBay, had it shipped. It was read. And then put back on eBay before it was released. <laughs> and they even did um, the miniature sheet they even did was kind of cool because it's uh, the five stamps, but the background image behind it is uh, the Marauders map mm-hmm. uh-huh. from one of the movies. So I just thought that was a really, really cool what's, set that they came out with. What's that down in the left corner? Of what? Of the uh, Marauders map. I I can't zoom in on down it. Down in the lower left corner? Yeah. Does that say... Uh, it probably just says British Post Office or something. Yeah. Right there. It says the Marauder's Map. Oh, okay. So. Well well done, Great Britain. Yeah, I may, be, I may find myself ordering a set of these because I've already got the Game of Thrones stamp, so. Well, we've got some uh, upcoming shows as well. October 27th and 28th. In Arkansas is Pinpex in Jacksonville. October 27th and 28th in California is the East Bay Collectors Club 73rd Annual Show in Walnut Creek. They have a website, which is eastbaystampclub.com. October 27th in Iowa at Peosta is the Tri-City Stamp Expo. Their website is stamps.org slash try dash state dash stamp dash club holy cow october 27th and 28th in massachusetts is walpex and that's going to be in lexington and their website is walpex.org october 27th and 28th in michigan is the kent philatelic society stamp show in grand rapids october 27th and 28th in Ohio is 
Kai Lorpex. Kai Lorpex. It's Cuyahoga and Lorraine. Ah, because I was going to say that sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons name. <laughs> uh, that's going to be in Rocky River, and their webso- website is stampshows.com. Wait, what? They have the coolest website ever. October 27th in Pennsylvania is going to be the Eastern Pennsylvania Stamp Show E-Pass in Allentown. And it's got a website. It's greatzvmer.wix.com slash APS slash pound sign exclamation point E-Pass. No, that's going to be easy to remember. So, yes. yeah, <laughs> that'll be uh, on our website if you want to go there. Uh, it has to be. It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> not, quite as, not quite as easy as stampshows.com. October 28th in Connecticut is the fourth Sunday collectible show in New Haven. Their website is nhps1914.org. October 28th in Illinois is the Fall Stamp Bourse 2018 in Springfield. Their website, stamps.org slash springfield-philatelic-society. Yeah, the www.stamps.org, that's the APS. Yeah, it's the APS's website. That's the APS website. And just for information, uh, Stamp Show here today is an APS-affiliated club also. If you'd like to join, membership is 10 bucks a year. 10 bucks. Oh, and Cash, where are we going to be this weekend? Uh, we're going to be at the Philatelic Fiesta in San Jose this weekend. And also, we just got That's... back from uh, uh, Riverside, or excuse me, from Ontario with Sescal. Thank you, everybody who came by to say hi. Uh, it was It's really nice to have everybody walk up and say, oh, I love the podcast and stuff. Please uh, give us the reinforcement. Uh, we enjoy doing it, and we enjoy hearing from you guys. And don't forget, I have my competition running. Oh, yeah. Send us a letter or postcard to my attention. This is Tom, dated uh, before October 31st. Uh, like I said last week, I've got three ninety-five Never Hinge stamps that'll be given away. I sent in my postcard already. And you don't count. And, oh. one, and one more note, if you're in the Chicago area for Chicago Pecs, the third weekend of November, I believe it is. Uh, Tom and I will be there. Yeah, so, Chicago. Cold, so cold, cold we, we will not have a table, but we'll be wandering around the show all weekend. So come on up and introduce yourself and say hi. However, do go to the literature competition because Stamp Show here today is in the Chicago Pax literature competition competition. The literature competition competition? Yeah. Literature. Well, we literature. keep ta- we keep talking like that. We're definitely going to win. Get these out of literacy competition. <laughs> well, we we couldn't find any other podcasts to compete with, so we decided to compete with books. Well, it's interesting because you know last year we competed, and uh, there they had no criteria for grading a podcast well, of course not so they graded us like a book or a magazine or a monthly whatever and one of the complaints that they had was we don't have an index and we don't have a way for communication and stuff so uh that's why if you go to the website we have show notes and we have the indexes we have everything described also we have facebook go please everybody who's listening go on facebook 
uh, like stamp show here today. Uh, but basically, you know, if you want to communicate with the podcast, just post it on Facebook stamp show here today or send us an email or yeah, stamp a letter or whatever. Stamp show here today at gmail.com. Yeah, send us a letter. That's better. Yeah. Use I, stamps. Yeah. Support your own hobby. This is a letter <laughs> write. This is a stamp collecting month, and uh, last week was letter writing week. So write us a letter. And the, and the week before that was International Postcard Week. Yeah. I didn't get any. Me neither. I haven't either. But I haven't sent any, so I have no excuses. We got two boxes donated to us. I mean, we probably have 75 pounds of postcards. Yeah, so if you want a postcard, let us know. We'll send you one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe two. We'll send you bricks. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. This has been Stamp Show here today, episode number 195. This was Tom. This is Scott. This is Cash. This is Mark. And this is Don. You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, you can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.